Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Now if you have a message in tongues, would you wave your hand at me real quick? Praise God. Uh, Sister Ella, go ahead and give that out if you will. Now darkness comes, but you have the light. And you are the light. And you must allow that light to burn brighter than ever before. For there are doors of utterance open for you as a church, for you as individuals, for those that are in ministry. There are doors that have been thrust open. For the adversary always overplays his hand. He always does that which he thinks will cause destruction and harm. But in the end, it will cause the ears to be tuned and turned toward one that loves and gives mercy. So this day, that which is in your heart, nurture it. Let it burn brighter than ever. That which is in your spirit, feed it. And let it come alive in you like never before. And you will be my light. You will be my life and the darkness shall be dispelled, and you shall see the goodness of your God come and bring many into the kingdom. For it is still harvest time. It is still time to receive. It is still time for the precious fruit of the earth to come into the kingdom. So let your light shine, and blessings will flow, and the goodness of God will grow in all those that desire it, and you shall be a blessing. Thank you, Lord. Now lift your hands and worship God. The, the Spirit of God has dealt with me about something for, it's almost two weeks now. And I, and I, and I, and I talked to Roland about it. I, uh, there was a message I preached at, at, at uh, World Outreach Church. It's been about three years ago on indecision. And uh, it was just a, a, one of those words you get from God that's supernatural and and so I, I, we, we, I got him to start looking for it because I, I felt like I needed to, to, to preach or teach that to the church. And then the Lord this morning, actually yes, yesterday in prayer, uh, last night in prayer, man, a spirit of intercession just hit me and I, and I prayed that thing out and the Lord spoke to me and he said, now there are two ways to receive. There's that way by the word where it's taught, but then there's when the spirit imparts it. And he said, the reason you've been struggling these last two weeks trying to find that message or trying to dig up what you taught or preached, he says, I don't want to do it by the Word. I want to do it by the Spirit. Now, if you're here today and you're in a state of indecision, now, I, I don't remember everything that I said in that message and I don't want to try and preach it, but when you have to make a decision, especially if it's a, you know, a very important decision in your life, a medical decision, a, a whatever it may be, the enemy always tries to pull you into a place of indecision and keep you there. It's happened to me many times. I mean, I sat in indecision for five years about Island Church. I mean, I just, I just couldn't do it. I just, I just couldn't do it. I was indecisive. And, and man, nothing negative happened to me. As a matter of fact, just the opposite. Our meetings were blessed. Our money was coming in. I mean, we were having a great time. 
And I remember standing in a pulpit in Temecula, California and preaching in this big camp meeting with hundreds and even thousands of people there and thinking to myself in my mind, here I am teaching all these people and preaching to all these people and God is moving and I'm so indecisive. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Well, here's what I did. I prayed and I got some people to pray for me that helped. And I, the only way I can describe indecision is this. It's like a fog. It's like a fog. Uh, last fall, I, 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 I jumped in my boat. I ran over to the sulfur docks uh, to catch a couple of flounders. And I, I got them and I, and I was on my way back. And the fog came into Galveston Bay there. And I thought, oh, man, I've run this bay a thousand times. And, you know, ain't, ain't no problem at all. And I'll, I'll be home in a minute. All of a sudden, I figured out, where am I? And I was way up by the plants, up by some, some of you that know the bay. I was up by Swan Lake when I should have been way down here. And that fog disoriented me. And when I finally saw a landmark, I was able to get, get my bearings back and find my way home. Indecision is like that. It's like a fog. And you're kind of like, where, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? How am I going to make this choice? Amen. Now, I know that, that you're here. It might just be one person this might be for, or there might be several. But you find yourself in that place. Now, listen, that's not where God wants you. God wants you to make a good Holy Ghost, word-based decision. You say, well, what if I make a mistake? If your heart's right, God will turn it around and get you in the right place. So if you're here today and that describes you, you're just in a place of indecision. It's like a fog in you. I want you to come forward right now. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to believe God that that's going to lift off of you and you're going to have, you're going to know what to do, how to do, when to do it. Amen. Isn't that good? Look at all these people come. God always knows, doesn't he? God always knows what we need. He always knows what we need. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Y'all can be seated again. Y'all can be seated. Now stretch your hands toward these. Now I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray one prayer. And then Lee and I are going to come down and just, we're just going to, we're just going to lay hands on you. And if the Lord gives us a word, then we'll, we'll minister it to you. But if not, you just receive that this morning as God recognizing your situation and doing something about it. Church, would you stretch your hands and begin to pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. Lord God, you know all things. You know everything. You know how to do it. You know what to do. You know where to do it. You know who to do it with. You know everything, Lord God. So this morning, as the pastor of Island Church and the one you showed it to in the Spirit, I stand against indecision. Indecision, you are our enemy. You hold us in places that we do not want to be held. You keep us from progressing into the kingdom of God. And in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit of indecision, you get your hands off of these people in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you right now that your anointing will be like a, like a brisk, fresh north wind blowing on a thick fog. That you'll blow away, clear away the indecisiveness that the anointing of the Spirit of God will cause such a clarion word to arrive in their spirit that there will be no doubt, faith will take hold, they will step out and get the provision of God. We rejoice in it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say faith. 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 
for prosperity. I don't know in my 30-something short years of ministry, I do not know, I guess the two doctrines that I have observed that have had the most resistance against them. Give our praise team a hand clap. They did such a good job today. We ought to always appreciate them. Amen. I, th I would say the number one doctrine is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and people just fight it and fight it and fight it. But man, once you get it, you wonder why you never got it any sooner. Amen. What a tremendous tool to not only have the Spirit abiding on the inside, but empowering you. Amen. And if you had not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, hang around. We're going to have faith to receive the Holy Ghost in here in a couple of short weeks. Amen. But now the second one is prosperity because religion has painted a picture of somehow poverty equating to holiness. Now I know I look across this crowd and everybody's like, well, you're not, you're not. well it's true though. Now it's true, literally, that you know, the, the poorer you are, the more humble you are, the, uh, the, you know, the more holy you are. Well, that's not true at all. And then if, if somebody actually begins to walk in that doctrine and it begins to produce in their lives, you know, it's got to be, they've either done something illegal or done something wrong. Now, especially if it's a preacher. Amen. And I mean, you can get on the internet and, and you can find pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of all of this just garbage of people, uh, you know, refusing to accept the doctrine and criticizing anybody that does. But let me just say this, church. God wants you blessed financially. And I don't care where you are right now, God can do more. You say, well, I'm a multi-Kazillionaire. He can do more. I don't even know if Kazillion is a number. I just made it up. Amen? But God can do more. I said God can do more. Now, we always use this, this term, God is a good God. Well, now, okay, if God is a good God, what does that mean? Amen? I heard a, a pastor, I was listening to some of his teaching the other day. He kind of put it like this. Is God, if God is a good God, well, how good is God? Is he, a, is he Ford and Chevy good? And now think about that. Is he Ford and Chevy? Is that how good God is? Is he Ford and Chevy? Or is he, or is he Cadillac? Or is he Mercedes Benz? Or is he Lexus? Is he that good? Is he, is he Timex good? Is he Rolex good? Now see, we never think in God, we never think about God on levels or in terms like that. But in reality, when you begin to look into the Word of God, now listen, this is what really began to grasp me years ago, is I began to become a student of the Word of God and begin to see under a covenant in which they did not have divine blood, they just had the blood of bulls and goats. Not, not the blood of Jesus, not Jesus taking their poverty, but just, just the blood of bulls and goats and very limited access to God. And God blessed them and gave them abundance. And the Bible says Abraham was very rich in cattle and gold and silver. And it seems like every time they would serve God, God would just heap blessing upon them. Now we got a better covenant based on better promises. Oh, I should have got a shout and three people run around the church on that one. I said we got a better covenant based on better promises. And in that reality, we must understand God wants to bless us. Now listen, not only for our own benefit, this is where prosperity really began to work in, in Lee and I's life. When we recognize it's really not for our own comfort and benefit, it's for the glory of God to be re revealed in us. In us. Where when people see what we have, 
it gives a testimony to the goodness of God. When you can say, when people say, well, where'd you get that car? Where'd you get that house? Or where'd you get that nice stuff? You say, well, let me tell you where I got that. Now, there are ways to make money. There, there's the legal way. You get a job, you start a business. Amen. There are illegal ways. Amen. I mean, you can go become a criminal, become a bank robber, whatever you want to do, an embezzler. Uh, there, there are what I call immoral ways. Amen. Now, here at Island Church, I teach this, and if it makes you mad, well, I don't know what to tell you. But I think gambling's immoral. And here's the reason. Not that it puts people in bondage. Not that it causes their life to go into destruction. Not, not, not because it becomes a habit that's just as powerful as a narcotic. It's because that is what manifested at the cross of our Savior as He died and the blood ran out of His body on the ground. They gambled for His clothes for no other reason. Christians should not gamble. How many honor Jesus? I think we honor Him by not gambling. Amen. But now we must understand and realize that Jesus went through all of this, yes, for spiritually, for healing, but He also did it so that He could give to the body of Christ, to us as believers, a new system to flow and operate in so that the abundance of our life will not be, well, I tell you what, I work 40 hours a week overtime. That's why I have what I have. I tell you, I, I invested in, 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 in IBM when it was three cents a share. That's what I have, what I have. Amen. Or, or, or some other, you know, testimony of yourself. No, God wants you to take the money you make at your job. God wants to take the money you make in your business and the money that you get through investments and other things. And He wants you to invest it into the kingdom so He can give you a divine return. So that that which comes into your life, you can say, look what the Lord has done. Now, when the Lord spoke to me, well, it was one of the first things. It wasn't the first thing. The first thing the Lord dealt with me about when I got right with God 34 years ago was mind renewal. Everybody say mind renewal. That was the first thing. I mean, He put it on me, and it seemed like every place I went to go to a meeting, they were preaching on Romans chapter 12. Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But then the Lord spoke something to me that scared me. He said, you will never work in the secular world again. Now, that scared me. He said, why did it scare you? Because I'd worked in the secular world all my life. Amen. And I'd worked honest and I'd worked dishonest. So, you know, I knew how to get money. And I was like kind of thinking, well, what am I going to do? And it's amazing how the enemy will always try to put a negative voice in your life. I had a couple of negative voices come to me and say, you go into ministry, you'll be poor all your life. You go into ministry, you'll never have a dime. You go into ministry, you're going to suffer, your wife's going to suffer, your kids going to... Well, I was, I was looking at them and thinking, that's right. <laughs> You say, why? Because they had went in the ministry and they didn't have a dime. They had went in the ministry and they were suffering. They had went in the ministry and they didn't have anything. But thank God for people that will walk in their covenant and do what God has called them to do and operate by the Word of God. Now, as I said, we're going to set some foundation for this. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Look there in verse, look there in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not into thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Now look at, look at this again. Verse, verse 5, trust. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Lean on, trust in, 
and be confident in the Lord with all your heart. Now, here's where we miss it, and here's where I had to learn it, and here's where you need to learn it. This is the first brick of the foundation of your prosperity. Let me say that again. This is the first brick in the foundation of your divine prosperity. You say, what is that? Trust. Now, we, we, we throw that word out, but you've got to understand, there is an element of trust that God demands from the believer, that the Word of God will impart faith for you to have, that if you will allow the Word of God to impart the faith to your heart to have that level of trust, then God will just pour out blessing on you like you can't believe. Now let me just, don't, nobody get mad at these things, just get happy because we're trying to help. The areas in which you do cooperate with prosperity from the Word of God are the areas where you trust Him. They are the areas where you trust Him. But the areas where you don't are the areas where you don't trust Him. Amen. I found this out about hearing God's voice. When you can begin to hear God's voice that comes from His Word, that instructs from His Word, then you can hear God's voice in your spirit. Because the Word in your spirit will never violate the Word that is in that book right there. And when you begin to hear these words that come from the Word of God and they begin to reinforce the reality of what God says about Him wanting to bless you and increase you and give you things in your life that you could have never gotten for yourself. Amen? I mean, there's, there's restrict... Let me just say this. There are restrictions upon me now as a pastor. There are things that I cannot do because of our location. You say, what do you mean your location? What do you mean there are things you can... I don't ask this church for money. I haven't for 16 years. You say, why? We're not in a permanent location that gives us a permanent identity. But when we get in that building, I'm going to ask you for money. You say, you're going to ask us? I'm going to ask you for a missions budget every year. I'm going to ask you for money for helping build other churches. And You say, why don't you do that now? Because I don't have the right to do it if we're not established in a permanent location with a permanent identity. See, there are protocols and ways of doing things. You say, well, how do you know that? Because look how God has blessed us in a temporary location. I mean, our church by itself is worth almost $3 million and we don't even own a building. We own a piece of land worth $1.2 million. And we have other assets that belong to the church that make our church worth probably more than many churches that have their buildings. Amen. And that runs the gamut of many things when it comes to applying the ministry. There are things I'd like to do with the board. There are things I've got a subsequent board that I'm building that I'm looking at because I'm preparing for the future. Because there are things I cannot put a demand upon people until we know that we know that we're established with the identity that God wants us to have. That's why we need to fight to get in that building. I keep telling you, when we get there, I'm telling you the whole dynamic of this thing will change. The authority, the level of authority. We think these blessings of gifts of the Spirit and operation of tongues, and you, you think they're on a level now that's fun. Wait till we get over there. That's why God wants us to fight our way over there. But it's going to take prosperity and blessing. Amen? Now, that trust issue, uh, it's, it's, it's one of the most amazing things is your ability to trust in the unseen realm financially. Because so much of wealth is based on the tangible. Now think about that for a moment. You say, why? Well, when you look at your own assets. I mean, you can't declare by faith, well, I'm just a multi-cabillionaire. No, you can't say that. 
unless you have that much money. He said, well, I, 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 I've got, uh, by faith, I've got a, a, a brand new Lexus. Well, well, I'll agree with your faith. But in reality, nobody will believe you until you drive it into the parking lot. Amen? So faith will paint the picture of it in your spirit, but you have to trust in the Lord in order to get it into the real realm, in the realm which it exists. Now let me just say this. There's a whole lot of stuff on Galveston Island and in Galveston County and in this area roundabout that has your name on it that you don't possess right now. Let me say that again. There's a whole lot of stuff he said, now how can you say, well, just that same principle that, that Abraham used when he offered up Isaac and when he obeyed God, God opened his eyes to something that was already created, somebody already there. And he says, now that's your ram. David saw it on the sword in Goliath's sheep. Now that's your sword, David. Go ahead and chop off the giant's head. Amen. I mean, God prepared a house for Leah. I, I mean, uh, we had a little uh, uh, Victorian home over on 39th. We restored and everything was good with the world. And all of a sudden, this desire, the Lord actually spoke to me and said, I want to bless your wife with a home that will, uh, because of all of her faithfulness to you in her business while y'all were getting your ministry going. And we looked around and looked around. And I remember I was off in Europe and Leah had lined up some homes to look at. And she, we were going to look at it from the most expensive to the least. And we walked into the most expensive one. And the Holy Ghost said, this is the one. And I saw it. He didn't ask me if I could afford it. Because the question is not what can you afford. The question is what can you receive. And so, this, so we bumped up against that because I tell you, when you start walking in prosperity, you're going to bump up against some stuff. You say, what do you mean by that? We, we went and found out how much they wanted for it. She already knew. Then we found out who wanted to sell it, and that was an obstacle. And then we found out the spirits that were connected to it, and that was another obstacle. So we begin, it is the most amazing, I need to write these things down because it is the most amazing testimony how God gave us, y'all, some of y'all have heard this, a detailed plan, write down how much we should offer, how much we should, they, they counted, I think, what was it, three times we offered, one, two, three, and the last offer was thousands of dollars less than what they were asking. But, but the Holy Ghost even said, now you offer this money and you do it at 4.45 p.m. on a Friday so that the real estate agent will give them that offer and then put the close sign on the door and they'll have the entire weekend to have to think about it. And our real estate agent was livid. You are insulting these people. You are, I mean, just, and we were saying, well, we'll there's other real estate agents out there that can get the commission, you know. And they were, well, that's okay, we'll do it, you know. <laughs> And Monday morning at 9 o'clock, my phone rang. And the real estate agent said, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> yes, I am. Remember that, pro that, that prophecy the Lord gave us about it being part of our destiny. That's where we started Island Church. That's where we started Island Church. But see, you would think, well, that's something to be grasped, something to hang on to. That's, but then uh, there came to the time. This building was an empty shell. Some of y'all remember. There was nothing here. There was no ceiling. There was nothing. It was nothing. No electricity, no power, no nothing. We had to build it out. Over a million dollars worth of work. So the Lord put on our heart to sell that house. We're like, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. And then he didn't show us another house to buy. Yee-hee. Everybody say, yee-hee. He didn't say, now there's your new house. There's your mansion. No, we had to go find what we could afford. 
We sold that house. We took part of the equity and we led this congregation in giving so that we could build this building out and have church here. And we just kind of said bye-bye to our house that we loved, that was beautiful, that we had spent money restoring. But I'm telling you, God is a good God. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge. You say, why? Because now we live in a beautiful home on the bay, on the water that God gave us. And we're like, oh my God. And every day we walk out and the birds are singing, the pelicans are flying by and we're going, look what the Lord has done. And we tell God, how in the world do we thank you for this? And if he says tomorrow, sell it and put it in the building program, guess what? There'll be a for sale sign on our house in Monday morning. You say, why? Because God has something better. Because you have to learn how to trust in the Lord. Oh man, my time's gone. One more scripture. One more scripture. Is that all right? One more scripture. Go real quick since you're there in Proverbs. Just flip over to, to Psalms. Let me show you something. Then we'll, we'll close. This is just our foundational bricks. Everybody say foundational. So it begins with trust. Now listen to me, church. You're going to have to trust God. Now, some of you trust the Lord. You tithe, you offer. But if you, if you need more, you got to go up to another level. Amen. Increase giving, increase receiving. But don't just give out of inspiration. Do it by faith. You say, what do you mean? Well, before you increase anything, make sure you're speaking that word of prosperity into your own spirit. Because if you can get it in the spirit, see the Bible says He's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That means you already got the money. You say, where is it? It's in heavenly places in Christ. All you got to do is get it from there to here. Now, notice this scripture. Here it is in Psalms, uh, Psalms 35, verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Everybody say, let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be magnified. Now notice this. Which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Now, if you want to do anything in your life, you want to make God happy. Amen? I know it's work to try to make people happy sometime, but I'm telling you, if you put most of your thrust into making God happy, you're going to be okay. And the Bible says that God is magnified through the prosperity. He takes delight. He loves it when His servants prosper. I mean, listen, church, it's just been really, really in our generation that preachers dare to buy airplanes. And then dare, and then dare to, to, to stand against the persecution of it. It's just been in our generation that ministers have dared to have multi-million dollar budgets. It's just been in our generation that preachers dare to, 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 to build beautiful buildings that give glory unto God. It's just, I'm not talking about with a denomination and a corporation being able to do it. I'm just talking about some beach bum getting saved and full, filled with the Holy Ghost, called to preach, and getting up and saying, we're going to build a multi-million dollar campus over here by the Justice Center. Come on, church. I mean, that, that, that takes God to do that. But God delights in it. He gets His pleasure out of it. He goes, whoa, look at those crazy kids down in Galveston. 
Man, they dared to believe for that land, I think I'll give them the land. They dared to believe that building, I think I'll give them the building. They dared to believe for a $2 million, $2 million missions budget, I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to give it to them. You said, because it gives me so much pleasure. And everything you get by your faith that God gets the glory for, God gets pleasure out of that. No wonder the devil fights prosperity so hard because he sees God joy, pleasure, happiness. He sees God jumping around heaven, dancing, sending lightning bolts out into the universe, creating more planets. Come on, church. He's just up there having a good time. The devil's going, why is he having such a good time up there? Well, I'm trying to do all this bad stuff on the earth and bring about the Antichrist system. Why is he doing that? And he can say, I'm going to tell you why, devil. Look at my kids. They're being blessed in the midst of it. They're prospering. They're planning to build churches. They're planning to do missions. Why, well, they bought a church in Antioch. And God goes, woo! Amen. Let me read that again. We'll close. Let them, who is them? The ones that are prospering. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Oh, somebody going to get it. That do what? That favor my righteous cause. Now, we are the ones that favor his righteous cause. We want people saved. We want people healed. We want them filled with the Holy. We don't have any other agenda than that. That's our agenda. Number one, to get the lost saved. Number two, once we get them saved, let's get them discipled. Number three, let's see the Holy Ghost move. Let's see signs, wonders, and miracles. Let God be magnified. Let God be magnified. Let God be worshipped. Let God be enjoyed. Let God be experienced. Let God move among the people. Let God do what He desires to do. Now let me say this. This might help some of you. Don't steal my bookmarks. Money. Everybody say money. The Bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. There are people that ain't got a nickel that love it. Come on. But you've got to understand the power of money in your life. An average person, say a, a, someone working up at the plant, somebody down at UTMB, your own business, you work, you are trading your life for paper. Do you understand that? I mean, you, you only have so many ticks of the clock. Uh, with long life, he satisfies us and shows us his salvation, but long life runs its course. So for every tick of the clock, you're giving your life to earn money. You are compensated for your time. You're paid for your time. You're paid for your time. Here's your check at the end of two weeks. Here's your check at a month of, a month of salary. Here's your commission on what you sold. Here's this. Here's that. Amen? So when you begin to gauge the power of money in your own life, the reason money has so much power is it is your life. Now, it's not your bio. Understand what I'm saying. It's not your pneuma. You say, what do you mean? Bio, coming from the word biology, your physical life. It's not your pneuma, your spirit, or your spirit life. 
It is literally, uh, the best way the Bible puts it like this, it's your living. It's your living. You go out and get it and you live your life. You go out and get it and you live your life. You go out and get it and live your life. So what God wants is for that process to be enhanced. To be lifted up out of that which just can be produced on the earth. With its ability. Because remember the earth and its systems are fallen. But when you begin to gauge and realize, now when God demands of me a tithe, and we're going to talk about the three types of giving later on, tithing, offering, and giving of alms. That's what's unique to our covenant. When you take that and you put it in God's hand, we go right back to the trust issue. Can I trust God to take and elevate my living? Because I have given Him a piece of my living or of my life. Can He take that and enhance my living? Oh, yes, He can. If you can trust Him. That's the key. If you can trust Him. Now, I don't know. I, it intimidates me greatly to be told to give $25,000, $100,000, $50,000. But I've always noticed I can tell when God's really speaking into my spirit because a peace comes with it. But in my mind, there's this great debate. Well, I'm trying to build a building. Where's mine? I mean, I got a, I got a multi-million dollar project over here. I've got all the architectural plans. That's a half a million dollars right there, ready to go. We're ready to go to the permitting stage right now. Right now. Uh, we're, we're, we're ready to put the shovel in the ground, turn the dirt. We're ready to turn the bulldozers loose. We're ready for the red iron to go up. And we've spent a lot of money to get to that place. But as much money as we have spent, we have given at the voice of the Lord. The word. We don't give that stuff presumptuously. We don't give it, well, let's just throw it out there and see what happens. But because... He gave us seed to sow in such great abundance, it shows me there's an abundance of a harvest that needs to come through this crowd. And because of that, we as a church have to what? Trust God. That's why we have to maintain our confession, our, our, our confessions that we make at offering time, your personal confession that you make. Because the more that you will act on and confess the Word of God, the more He is able to lift up your living. And for every person in here, I don't care where you are in life, He wants to elevate your living to the point where people wonder. Or that your living is a wonder. I got a neighbor that lives across the street. He's going to be coming here to church one day. He's going to make a great usher. I hope he's watching. He had some guests at his house yesterday. I need to borrow his sawzall. Lee and I were doing some, some, uh, some work. Uh, gardening at the house and I needed to cut a couple of things down so I walked over there he had a big crowd of people you know they're partying having a good time so he stops everybody he says I want you to meet my pastor and this is what he says he lives over there on the water so what did he use to reinforce my spiritual office not even having he's not even born again yet he uses something God gave. As what? As an example of, this guy's my, I don't go to his church, I'm not even saved, but he's my pastor. He lives on the water. 
You think, now that's pretty far-fetched. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm telling you, it won't be long. I'll be picking on him. He'll be back there ushering in the church. He says, is that really how it works? That's how it works. And it works like that all over the world. For anyone that dares to what? Trust God. So if you struggle in these areas, begin to ask God. You know, there was a man that came to Jesus and, and, and he had, his son was sick, uh, and, and he, you know, he tried to get the disciples to, to give him a miracle, and the disciples couldn't do it. And he said this. He said, help my unbelief. He asked Jesus that. Did you know what Jesus did? Jesus helped his unbelief, and he got his son healed. So some of you today, if you struggle with the tithing, the offering, because we want to talk about all the particulars of this as we build faith for finances. He said, I just, I just don't have it. Ask the Lord, help my unbelief. Help me. To trust you. Because this is what I'm going to close with this. And you're going to like this. You can trust God. I said you can trust God. He is trustworthy. He is faithful. And you can trust Him. Amen. Lift your hands up and thank the Lord. Father, we thank you. Oh, how we worship you right now. We glorify your name, Lord. We exalt you and bless you. Wonderful Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Now real quick, praise God. Stand on your feet. Now this prayer will have a little more meaning today. So as I pray it, you agree. And you thank God that it's yours. And you claim it in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you as we leave today. The air of seriousness about this prayer. We thank you. Psalms 91 is ours and we claim it. We declare over Island Church. Now Lord, we know there are some even traveling today. Some that are working today. But over all the congregation that names the name of the Lord Jesus here at Island Church, we pray. No evil befalls them. No plague comes nigh their dwelling place. Angels have charge over them. A thousand could fall at our side. Ten thousand at our right hand. But only with our eyes will we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We as your children, we walk on serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy. And nothing, nothing, nothing shall by any means harm us. So in our travels, fathers, we travel out in the ocean. Lord, we know there are men here that make their living on the ocean. Lord, whether it be UTMB, the petrochemical plants, men with their own businesses, women with their own businesses, people working in retail, people working in construction, we declare in Jesus' name, no accidents, no trauma, no terror, and our students and educators, in the name of Jesus, we surround them all with faith and love. Fathers, we leave today, we declare, we abide under the shadow of Almighty God. Lord, and just as serious, Give us a door of utterance greater than we've ever had. Thank God for the services we have. Thank God for the internet. But in each and every voice and in each and every heart, let us yearn for somebody to talk to this week, somebody to encourage, somebody to minister life to, somebody that we can come up and say, do you know Jesus? He loves you. We thank you, Father. This week, we will be an answer to somebody's prayer, a problem to the devil, and a miracle in somebody's life. We leave today walking in faith and love towards you, God. We love you so much. We leave today walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 
69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.